0: There are obstacles that can get in the way of you pursuing the Lord. Um, you know, coming in, we were just having a conversation this morning. Man, there's times you come in on a Sunday morning, you're ready to pursue God, but something has happened. You know, a major life event, something's going on, and and it just kind of interferes with that hunger. Uh, other things tend to satisfy here's a couple things that we're going to be going through there is a prerequisite of having that spiritual passion for the Lord we're going to talk through that so prerequisite there's a price for spiritual passion there's a pain of spiritual passion there's patience of spiritual passion there's power in spiritual passion you notice all these things start with the letter P so they'll be easy to memorize uh, or to remember so we're going to go through this uh, teaching and hunger for God because when we are passionately pursuing God and we when we are seriously hunger for him we are going to face some challenges in your pursuit of God and so really what this series is going to do is to let you know you're not alone when you're pursuing God and it seems like two steps forward one step back man just allow yourself to be propelled into into your pursuit of God and that's what Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and men's meetings I want to encourage you be at those things the ladies meetings uh, if you can that that helps you in your pursuit um, of God so that's what we're going to start next Sunday, uh, being hungry for God. Um, Well, here's why I'm excited about this too, as I said in my email. Once a year, we have the Gideon's ministry um, and and those who are from our church actually to come in here and talk about um, what they do to spread the gospel. This totally lines up with the word of God. It lines up with our core values of spreading God's word, evangelizing, being in our community, sharing faith. Um, We have Uh, four men and their spouses in this church who are part of the Gideon's ministry. We have uh, Wayne Stowe, uh, Dean Lentz and his wife, um, of course, Miss Vicki, Dwayne and Malou. Uh, Dwayne had to work today, so he's unable to be here. And of course, Tommy Bowles and and his family uh, are all part of the Gideon's ministry. As a matter of fact, when Tommy's not here on a Sunday, sometimes you'll notice him missing. He's at a Gideon's convention somewhere setting up sound or or speaking at a different uh, Gideon's function that they have. But... um, That's four guys out of our congregation who are committed to placing testaments, placing Bibles, so that the gospel can be spread. And what they do is they come to places like this, and they're going to show us some videos today. They're going to talk about how the Word of God has been spread. We get to have a part financially in blessing this ministry so that that can happen. Let me tell you how this has happened this past year. Okay, this past year, I'm going to try to get these right. Um, One thousand seven hundred and thirty testaments were placed this past year through offerings, Mother's Day gifts, Father's Day's gifts, uh, Christmas programs from Abundant Life. One thousand seven hundred and thirty testaments. Now. Another thing that we do is when there is a death in the family, in lieu of sending flowers, we will place Bibles um, in in honor of whoever passed, and it's 10 Bibles that we place uh, in honor of whoever passed. For example, uh, Becky and Doug's mom passed, and so what we did was instead of sending flowers, we placed Bibles in her name. I mean, that's a, that's a, a living legacy for her, you know, and I'm sure she would just absolutely love that, uh, knowing Uh, the, the people that that was going to reach. So with that, 110 Bibles were placed. This past year Um, Now if if you want to translate that 110 Bibles cost more than the Little Testaments We're all familiar with the Little Testaments If you were to equate that out That would be 440 Testaments So here's what Mr. Stowe put together for me 1,730 Testaments And then 440 Testaments That were from the the funerals A total of 7,000 I'm sorry 2,177 Testaments Were placed from Abundant Life This past year Praise God for that got I get that right? Praise God for that. So that's why um, once a year we, we do this as well. And, and throughout the year we keep an emphasis on this ministry because people come to know Jesus through this ministry, and that's what it's all about. So I'm going to have Mr. Stowe come on up. Can you welcome him and the other Gideons as well and just thank them for the ministry that they do?
1: What I actually told David is we wouldn't be late leaving today. You had a couple uh, just a little different this week, but uh, I want to share with you a testament, testimony that we normally show to pastors at pastor's banquets. We have our pastor's banquet more this Thursday night. If you'd be in prayer for that, but uh, it, it relates to how the word's going out. It's a message from our international president. So if you could do the first video, please, ma'am. <laughs>
2: Thank you. Thank you for all you do to make the outreach of this ministry possible in your community and across the world. Without you and your church, many of these testimonies of lives changed, many of these distributions of God's Word would not have happened. People all over the world, thank you for giving them the life changing message of the good news of Jesus Christ. Right now somewhere in the world a Gideon or an auxiliary is placing a copy of God's Word in someone's hand or within their reach on your behalf. Pastors, thank you for your partnership in reaching lost people with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm David Martin, President of the Gideons International.
1: Watch them old folks, they might fall off the stage. (laughs) You know, if you gave a dollar last year, or a $100 or a $1,000, it's all the same. He was not only speaking to the pastors, he was admonishing them for leading the congregation. And the Gideons, we pray for those in charge. They're the ones that allow us to come. They're the ones that allow us to place God's word. But if you did anything, I don't know whether you noticed these numbers they were throwing up. In in two weeks, they placed a million five copies of God's Word. That was Gideon's like me and Dean and and Tommy that paid our way to the... I didn't go, but we paid our way. We placed God's Word on, on your behalf. You didn't have that opportunity. Being a Gideon gives us opportunities that a lot of people don't have. But as Gideon's in this church... We supply to you the same opportunity. You can ask pastor for a testament, and he'll give it to you. They're in the drawer in the back. You can just take one or two or three and place them. Give them out. Share them with folks. Foreign language testaments. We have Spanish here. We have a lot of Hispanics in our area. But you can take this little card here if you know how to use it and you can punch the information into your smartphone, and there's 1,100 languages and dialects there. Some of them you just read. Some of them are audible. But what an opportunity to use the devil's tool. It's a worldly thing to reach people for Jesus Christ. Why in the world do we want to reach them? We want to reach the young children so they might get through their teenage years without ruining their entire life. Come to the Lord at an early age. We want to get to those of you who got through your teenage years alike, alike, or those outside the church, and give them an opportunity for a new birth. It's about reaching the lost. But I'm going to show you a video in a little bit. It's not really about you. It's never really about you. It's about what God's going to do with you you're going to reach some other folks. So I'm going to ask Dean and I'm going to ask Tommy, and they're going to come up and share with you just a little bit before we go to the next video. So, Dean.
3: I'm going to tell you what, guys. You want to talk about the Gideon ministry, you want to talk about evangelism, you're going to get me fired up. I love... Placing God's word, and um, you know, it, it, as Gideons, we are a group of evangelists. We we go to places where a lot of people won't go, or whatever. We personally, workplace ministry is. I have never ever separated my workplace from these four walls of the church. they, they are all the same. Um, when I see someone. Down and out, the best thing I like to do is go up and encourage them, ask them to pray for them, and place God's word in their hand. And you know, sometimes when I go to give it to somebody, and I ask them if they like the testament, and they look at it and they say, No, thank you. I have a little theory with that. That theory is that it lines up with God's word this will not return void. Even though it was placed in someone's hands and they gave it right back to me, it will not return void because you, you, one of the ways I know is because I'm praying for that person. There was a person that, that I gave a, a testament to. He walked 10 steps and turned around and gave it right back to me and I've been praying for him and I know Holy Spirit is working on him. And that, that is just out of... Uh, uh, If you're wondering in the scripture, it's Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. It says, As for the rain and snow come down from heaven, rain, come down from heaven and do not return to the earth but water it, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread for the eater. So shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall return, shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that purpose for which I said it, and shall succeed the thing for which I sent it. That's what this version says. So, guys, we give out the word with a testimony, with a word of encouragement. And as I was reading this morning, I just, I came across this verse, and so why do we do what we do? Why do we ask that, that the church minister in the way of giving. In John four thirty five it says, Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? I've oh, got time. I got time to reach that person. It'll That's what we do. And Jesus says, Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see, the fields are white with harvest. Look. Look around. We don't have to look far. We see the harvest is plentiful. Already the one who is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. See, we get the privilege of, of sowing this word. Somebody gets the privilege of giving to purchase this word. And guess what? I get to go out here and just run my mouth and talk about Jesus, and somebody gave, and guess what? We get to rejoice in that together. Our eternal rewards are together. For here the saying holds true one sows, another one reaps. I, t- I sent you to reap for what you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Guys, I believe the Lord is calling us all to enter into each other's labor and to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus.
4: Thank you, brother. Good morning. It's a very serious business what we do as a Christian. It really is. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning. There's two things I want you to take away today. One, that mental illness is real, but it's curable. And two is that before someone will allow you to speak into their life, you have to have relationship with them. Matthew nine thirty five starts in there. It said, Jesus moved through the countryside. He was teaching in the synagogues. He was healing all of the diseases. And he looked out across the multitude, and they looked like sheep who had, not sh- had no shepherd. And he was moved with compassion. I want to tell you a story about a little boy, a little fellow named Holt. You don't hear the name Holt too much anymore these days. It's uh, kind of a, I guess, a baby boomer thing. But uh, nevertheless, uh, the story begins down a little dirt road in upstate um, South Carolina. And Holt was the son of a sharecropper. And for all of you millennials in here, what a sharecropper was is that's when your family worked for another family, and the other family owned the farm. So basically what you did was you made an agreement with that farmer that you'd work on the farm and you would share in the harvest later. That was the plan. Well, it didn't work out that way for for Holt because Holt's dad had a mental illness. And Holt's dad would have to go down to Columbia, South Carolina, to a mental hospital, and he'd have to stay. And one time he went and came back. The sharecropper came to their family and said, You guys have got to move. And he said, but we've planted, we haven't had a chance to harvest. He says, it doesn't matter. I can't have a crazy here on the farm. What would people think? So their family had to move. They moved to another part of South Carolina. This sharecropper, this this landowner, farm owner, wasn't quite as generous as the first. What he would do is he would cheat Holt's family. He would steal from them. He wouldn't give them what he promised he would give them. And Holt grew up, one day he was going to school And his dad went out before they got on the bus, and his dad walked up to him, and he put his forehead against Holt's forehead. And he said, son, I love you. And Holt said, dad, I love you too. Holt went on to school. About two hours went by. Holt's uncle came in, and he said, you're going to need to come home. And he said, oh, no, what's his dad sick again? And he said, your dad has taken his own life. So Holt went home and was with the family. The next day he went into the room, cleaned up where the, the incident had taken place. And he went out and he told his little brother and his mom, says, I'm not going to be a sharecropper anymore. I'm not going to farm anymore. I'm going to town to get me a job. And the family kind of fell apart there because people had treated them bad. See, even the pastor, when Holt's dad had reached out to the pastor of the local church, the pastor said, I don't know if I can do anything with that. You'd be better off just move along. He reached out to other church people, and nobody would help Holt. Nobody would read him scripture. Nobody would pray with him. Nobody would share Jesus with Holt. So... He went on and he got into all kinds of stuff like we all do when we leave the family and go out on our own. We get into a bunch of mess, don't we? But nevertheless, he got, he got to that point. And um, one day, Holt's little brother was working with him. And he says, you got to read this in this little book. You got to know who this Jesus is in this little book. And his brother led him to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through a, a little testament that was placed. Now, Holt had had it with church folk. He wasn't going back into church. He despised pastors. He was had it with them. They were all hypocrites. He was going to have nothing else to do with them because it wouldn't help him when he needed help. That's where you and I come in. We gotta reach out. We can't turn our back on somebody. God didn't turn his back on us. We can't give up on them. We've got to go out into the world. We've got to take this gospel of Jesus Christ to the people who don't know Jesus. But Holt's little brother knew Jesus. Holt's little brother witnessed to his brother. Holt's little brother had relationship with his brother. And that's what we have to have. When clergy can't reach them, when church folk can't reach them, somebody with relationship can reach them. John six forty four says, No one comes to me except the, the Father who sent me draws them, and I'll raise them up in that last day. He's drawing people. He's drawing people into your path so you can you witness to them, so you can have relationship with them and you can share Jesus with them. Well, Brother Holt, and I say Brother Holt because he's a believer. He's a Brother Holt. He's also Pastor Holt. Somewhere in Casey, South Carolina, I had an opportunity to meet him a couple of months ago. He's sharing Christ with everybody will stand still and listen to him. It don't matter whether it's aisle six in Walmart, down at the little local cafe. It doesn't matter. Brother Holt's sharing Christ with somebody. And you know what? Brother Holt's doing all that, but you know what he's not doing? He's not turning his back on somebody that's become disenfranchised with the church. He's going out and he's reaching them. He made a promise to God. He said, God, you have saved me out of this that I was in. He's made a promise to God that he's not going to leave that person that's fell out of church and the church has forsaken them. And I don't mean that in a bad way. We all have busy lives. We all have things going on. And you know what? Sometimes we're just downright scared. And we don't know how to deal with that demon in that person. So we move on. Let somebody else do it. But that's the things that I want you to take away here. Mental illness is real. And you've got to have relationship to speak into someone's life. Now, Jesus said that he looked out across the multitude. And they looked like sheep having no shepherd. And he was moved with compassion. My question here is this morning. What moves you? What moves you when you see people that have no shepherd? Thank you.
1: Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Dean. Marketplace, workplace, that's where we are. And who we should be is Christ's representative. You take one of these testaments I just talked to you about. You share it with someone at work. It's going to trigger a conversation. Physical therapy. Shared one of those little cards with the therapist. The next session back, there are five physical therapists asking for one of those little cards. Now, what happened in the meantime? A conversation. It was a conversation about the things of God, not NASCAR, not football, not, what, we just had a little basketball thing go on. None of that stuff It was a conversation about God. We, the church, need to be triggering that conversation. Now, you have all the opportunities that God will supply you. The Gideons have some additional. See this two weeks ago, three weeks ago. We went to the new motel in town. Carried 50 Bibles over there. For you. The It's an extended stay. They have 49 rooms. The average stay is three months. And that person is usually by themselves. But they pray for those 50 Bibles. You placed them. You purchased them. I just happened to carry them over there and you know, meet the owner and all that kind of stuff. I want to share something else with you this morning. One of the ways we raise funds is through this little card rack. You see it in the back all the time. And you take a card out and you place it in memory or in honor or our thank you card, all sorts of ways that purchase God's Word. And uh, sometimes it's a sad occasion. Sometimes I encourage you to use it. It's $5 per unit per Bible, or it purchases four of these little small testaments. Uh, Get involved. Also, the Gideons, besides Bibles and Testaments, we have the little life books. Our church has some there for our youth to use in their programs. Uh, It's the book of John, and it's written for teens and Uh, preteens. I hope they can understand it. I can't, but it wasn't for me. It's for them. We have those programs going on. There's a lot of things going on in in the Gideon ministry. One of the ways you can get involved is is in a program we call Friends of Gideon's. Uh, And and if you're interested, I'll get you involved. You can be a prayer partner or you can be a giving partner, pray and give, and have opportunity to buy and and place testaments. But along with the Memorial Bible, there's another short video I'm going to show you. It's about three minutes long. But it shows what happens in people's lives. So if we could go to the second video, please.
5: You want to give them a special gift. One that's unique. One that will last. But in a world of temporary? What can you give? Give a Gideon card. The greeting card that changes everything. Gideon cards are beautiful expressions of faith, hope, and love but Gideon cards give you a unique way to share a gift of lasting significance with those you love. Unlike other greeting cards, Gideon cards are actually free. And when you give a Gideon card, you donate scriptures that God can use to change lives for eternity. And the process is simple. Choose your card, write your note, send your card and donate Bibles. Each year, Gideon's placed some 90 million scriptures into the hands of people in over 195 countries all over the world, people who need the kind of change that only God can
0: bring. I picked up a Gideon's Bible and read it and became immediately peaceful um, in a way that I had never
6: experienced at the time.
5: The next occasion you have to honor someone special, give them a Gideon card and change a life. Give a voice to your faith in times of joy and sorrow, reflection and celebration, prayer and thanksgiving. Share a Gideon card to express your faith, encourage others, and change lives for eternity. So don't wait. Give the greeting card that changes everything. Send a Gideon card online at sendtheword.org or select a card from the display in your church. Either way, you can give a special gift that's unique and will last. Gideon Cards. Send the Word and change a life. Visit sendtheword.org today. Gideon Cards, send the word, and change a life.
1: To bring just a little perspective to you, as a church, we are actively involved in Jamaica. In fact, we took some testaments down there last year. We're actively involved in Niger. The Gideon, I mean, excuse me, the Gideon, I'm stuck. Foursquare International is actively involved in, I think, 146 countries, something like that. We have pastors and teachers. The Gideon ministry is involved in 202 countries. We have testaments in over 100 languages, but we can be. In, it takes all of us, you know. We're looking to to be placing 100 million copies by the year 2020. It's a lot of God's word. What did Dean say? The word says in Isaiah, it's not going to return to a void. This camp, Morsel. Last year, on the streets of Morville, during the Race City Festival, our church did a great job. Our church tent talked to people, ministered to people. The Gideon's placed 2,400 copies of God's Word to people in Morville. We're excited. We ordered 3,000 this year. We don't want to run out. We ran out last year about 2, 2.33 o'clock. They're going to take, we're going to get, give those Bibles into those hands. Uh, pray for the Gideon ministry. Pray for God's word. All the places that we place them just in this community. And one of the things you may not know that happens, but every month Vicky goes down and introduces uh, the, the chaplaincy ministry at the hospital to the new staff. And it's mandatory. They have to be there. That's nice. And she gives a little presentation. And on their way out the door, they're offered a testament. And most of them take one. But she also goes to the rooms on Thursday. And she has testaments with her, the bigger ones. And she shares them with folks. We sometimes get down on what's happening in the world today. There are. You need to turn that around. There's exciting things happening in the world today. Uh listen to Tommy's presentation Uh, what excites us what motivates us we need to adjust a little bit Uh, Tommy told me he met my neighborhood buddy the other day and yet again he prayed for him to be released from alcohol Uh, we need to continue We, we need to run toward and if you don't know how Get with Dean and go with him. Get with Tommy and go with him. Watch these guys. A, a passion for the lost. Now, I had a, a, a communication recently that at the bottom, the man said he quoted someone, and his quote was, if they go to hell, my prayers they have to crawl across my body. What he's saying there is, if they're there and I see them, they should have a witness. No one should live this life without an opportunity. Yet we sometimes are a little callous, and we let them go by. We miss our opportunity. If we intentionally decide that we're going to share Christ in all our situations, that's all we got to do. Rejected or accepted it's our responsibility. Now, I'm going to show you one more testimony that we met this lady in Philadelphia. And she's from the Midwest. But I want you to see, it's not just about her. Just like it's not just about you. It's about what God did with her. So you got that last one ready to go? So let's see it, and then I'll close out, or Pastor will close out.
6: I was born and raised on a farm in Northwest Texas, the Panhandle, near Amarillo. My parents had four children. I have an older sister and I have two younger brothers. So we went to church for a very, very short time until I was about eight years old. So my church going years were very, very few. I was influenced by my father as a farm girl and he was my hero. I looked up to him and I did all the animals with him. One day he asked me, Judy, could you help me deliver these, these piglets? The sow can't have her pigs. So I went there, he said I need you to put your hand up here and help me. Oh, well, I eight years old, I didn't know where that was. I didn't know what to do, but he helped me. He guided me, delivered all those piglets, they bit me, they kicked me, we got them delivered. All those years later my profession, was a labor and delivery nurse. (laughs) While in nursing school, I had an influence, Martha from Colorado, I felt like she had an accent. Well, Martha was an influence in my uh, spiritual life, where she asked me um, to go to some meetings with her, and it was the Nurses Christian Fellowship meetings. Well, after our first year, as you recall, uh, we used to wear caps as a nurse, and we had a capping ceremony that celebrated our one year. After that one year, we were so pleased because we were going to go into the hospitals a little more. And that one year went by, the celebration happened, and we received something very special at the end of that ceremony. There were some very well-dressed, smiling, beautiful women at the end of the row and as we exited the stage, they handed me a white book. Later, I found out from my friend Martha that that was a Bible. I didn't even know it was a Bible, but it was my very first Bible. So she told me, take that book with us to our Nurses Christian Fellowship. Well, it influenced me as I looked up the scriptures that. We're in the back, or at the beginning, and I looked at the scriptures. Well, my husband and I were shortly in, after that were invited to a church by our cousin and another lady. We attended that service, and that couple took us right to the very front. Let us sit on the aisle. as we sat there, that pastor delivered that message, and did you know he knew everything about me? He knew my feelings, my fear, my worries. He got, I said, who told him? And when I was influenced, now that I know it was the Holy Spirit, but really at the time, I thought it was that pastor's long finger shaking it right directly at me. I went forward and I asked Jesus Christ into my life and into my heart. My husband was, a Christian um, became a Christian just a few days before that, so we started going to church. About ten weeks later, I got a phone call from my mother. She said, "Judy, your brother Billy is getting in trouble." Us farm kids didn't get in trouble. We worked hard, but he was Mom's favorite. He was the only one with a car, and he was staying out late, drinking, being influenced by other friends. And Mom said, "Can you come help him? You were too close. You, you two are very close." So I said, sure mom, I'll help. Mom didn't know how I was gonna help. I had a new heart, I had a new zeal, I had the Lord Jesus in my life. So I took my medical testament with me that I had proudly put July 2nd, 1978 at the back of my testament. Cherished it, carried it with me. Took it to our farm, I shook that pastor's finger at my brother, and I said, Billy, You've got to accept the Lord in your life. You're going to spend eternity in hell. He didn't want to do that. He believed his sister. He trusted me, and he accepted Christ as his Savior. Well, Billy, (laughs) thank you, is a special blessing because he came to live with us, and the rule of the home was you go to church. So he went to church with us. I introduced him to one of the young girls that I really, really liked. They fell in love, got married. A few weeks, a few months later, Billy was listening to a pastor, our pastor, speak on Peter. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? At the end of that message, he went forward. He surrendered his life to the ministry. He's a pastor in that foreign country of Oregon. I had no idea what this ministry and how it would impact our life and our family. My other brother accepted Christ. My sister, my mom, my dad, then nieces and nephews came along. We're serving the Lord, grandkids, great-grandkids. It changed our whole family's legacy. remember the lady that invited us to church? Well, that is my brother's mother-in-law, and she lives up in Oregon with him. As an OB nurse of 37 years, I have seen the miracle of life many, many times. I've helped with patients in the rooms and given them the Bible for comfort. I was volunteering in a crisis pregnancy center one day, and a young lady came in ready to give up her life and her babies. I spent time with her, she accepted Christ as her Savior, so she kept that baby. I said, "Getting God's Word—that's the best way to learn." She goes, "I don't have a Bible." And at the time, I had a new Bible. But what did I do? I reached in my purse and I gave her my very first Bible. I gave her that medical testament because she needed the Lord's Word. Just a couple of years later. Those faithful, beautiful, smiling women's auxiliary from the Gideon ministry was at my hospital. And they presented me with a replacement Bible in the foyer. I saw them from afar, ran. I think I ran over a housekeeper or something. I I got to that young lady and hugged her. She didn't know my heart. She didn't know why I wanted that replacement, but I did, I got it and i have given away many because of your wonderful ministry my dad passed away 7 years ago i gave my testimony the day after i buried him in tennessee my son jacob 31 years old is gone but not he only from here because of this ministry i see him again in heaven I see him again. Our youngest son, Matthew, who is in the audience today with me, has surrendered to the ministry in the area of music, and he's a music director. So our legacy goes on and on and on. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for giving me and my family a life that is worth living that will never, never be shameful. And I will see every one of you again in heaven. Thank you, and God bless you all.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. Judy, on behalf of
1: the last verse in Matthew says what? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Acts 1 and 8 says, ye shall be my witness in Mooresville. Well, you live in Salisbury. Salisbury, North Carolina, United States around the world. It is our directive. Now, this lady was from Texas. Mooresville is full of people. Ladies and men just like her. When I go to church services, inevitably, it's another one of those words, almost always there's someone that has a testimony about a Gideon Testament or about a Bible. Back when we could go to the schools, evidently, I don't remember it, I placed a Bible on a teacher's desk. And I told her, you can read to your students from this. And she did, till She was told to stop. But it changed her life. She was sitting in a Sunday school class at Center Central Methodist Church, serving the Lord 40 years later, 30 years later, whatever it was. We never know. You never know. But I would encourage you, try it. Get one of these testaments. Step out in faith. Be intentional about serving God. Uh, Thank you. This church is awesome when it comes to supporting the Gideons. Our pastor is awesome when it comes to supporting us. So thank you very much. Thank you for what we're going to do between now and next April or May. I hope it's a whole lot more. I really do, Pastor.
0: Can we thank them again just for their ministry that they gave today? So here's what we're going to do just quickly, if the ushers can go ahead and and, uh, prepare themselves to give. Um, This is Mission Sunday, and um, in the past, Dean has talked about uh, Niger. We've talked about Jamaica. Um, you know just the different areas where we are involved uh, the third sunday is designated by four squares mission sunday and of course we uh, uh, have wanted to rejoin that and um, we've done that for a few months now but Mission Sunday today is uh, for the Gideon's ministry. We want, to, we want to be able to give. If you are writing a check out, um, you can write it out to the Gideon's ministry. Uh, if you've already written it out to Abundant Life, that's okay. We'll still make sure that uh, a check is written and, and they get that. But if you're have, if you in the process of, it's the Gideon's uh, ministry. So here's our opportunity to give. Uh, ushers, if you want to come on up here, and um, as a matter of fact, you can, as soon as you get up here, I'm going to put this in and you can begin to, to receive the offering for the Gideon's ministry. Um, by the way, thank you, Ushers, for serving so wonderfully. There you go. You guys can go ahead. Um, while they're receiving the offering this morning, I, I want to... Um, I was just thinking... Lord, how, how, do we, how do we conclude this service today? What, In what way do we conclude this? Because I believe that we've been ministered to today. We've been encouraged today. We've been inspired today to share our faith. So, hello, missionaries. You go to your workplace. You share your testimony this week at work. You lead someone to the Lord. Um, but I also am going to ask that the three gentlemen who shared, Dean, uh, Tommy, and Mr. Stowe, if they would come up front here and um, I want, if, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that's the, the emphasis of this ministry, placing scripture so that people will hear the word of God and come to know Jesus, um, today's the day for you to receive the Lord. But there's something else, Tommy and Dean, you guys can come on up too. There's something else that uh, what this lady was just talking about, I, I believe that God is stirring in some of your hearts today. Uh, what she was talking about, and that is ministry, a call to ministry. What does that even mean? Because we're all ministers of the gospel, aren't we, in our workplaces? We're all ministers of the gospel. So twofold. One, that God would renew your passion to minister to people, or two, on on another level, you sense God has something just a little bit more and You want to begin to explore that. Maybe it's even in the realm of a vocational ministry or, uh, I mean, I think about the Serenity House. That's ministry. The Community Pregnancy Center, that's ministry. Um, What I do is ministry. uh, You know, I, I don't know. I just sense that God is speaking to some folks here today. There's a little bit more in your relationship and in your pursuit of God. I want you to come talk to these guys about this this morning. Maybe it's a music ministry type of thing. Maybe it's, I think God's calling me to preach. We're, we're, you know, Matt Starring just recently went through that. Dean is finishing that up. Just passed his polity course. Congratulations, Dean. So uh, he goes next month. We're going to be having a license interview And he will be officially licensed after that. That's between you and the Lord. But what I want you to do is make that between you, the Lord, and one of these guys here so that we can explore what is it that God is calling me to. So you're going to talk to them, whether it's to receive salvation, uh, just a a boost, call it a booster shot in in your vocational ministry, or if it's a full-time thing that maybe you sense God is calling you to, and then they're going to share with me so that we can uh, figure all this out. So um, I'm going to ask Mr. Stowe to close this out in prayer. Uh, Stash and I are going to head to the back. Nathan's going to head back there, too. Don't forget, for those of you who are um, wanting to purchase a flower for your mom um, or for your children, for your, their, their mother, or, uh, you can do that, too. They'll be back there in the back. But uh, Stash and I love you. We really do. It is so good to spend today with you. Guys, thank you again for inspiring us today uh, and sharing our faith in God's Word. Mr. Stowe.
1: Uh, Father God, this morning we've talked about the past. We've talked about what has happened in the past, what you've done in the past, what you've accomplished, what you've encouraged us to do, who you've brought us to. And the past is wonderful because it gives us a place to start and a place to push off from and to reach out into the future. Lord, for today and for where we're going, we pray that we would follow your will, we would follow your leading, we would do what you've called us to do, how you've called us to do it, and that we might accomplish what you purpose us for. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.